0: Hello everyone, Chris here from Harry and Mary. This is the Harry and Mary podcast, where we talk about all things dog in San Diego and Southern California. So glad you can join us. Again, look us up, www.harryandmary.com, or when you're in San Diego, stop by and see us in Little Italy. We've got a special guest here today. With us joining us is Darius Cooper, dog trainer and animal behaviorist. Darius is the founder of the Positive Network. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash positive D. Daris, thanks so much for being here and thanks for being on the podcast. Chris, thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about the Positive Network and your background.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I've been working in animal training for about going on 12 years now. Um, Now, my idea of launching the Positive Network came from the fact that I just love dogs, and I love meeting people, and the connection of animals and people is something so beautiful. So the Positive Network was something that I came up with to connect pet parents and pet professionals locally, but also globally from around the world, share positive stories, and also hopefully become really educational for many pet parents.
0: And you're an expert dog trainer yourself, so
1: what's your philosophy about dog training, and where do you do it? Yeah, for sure. So I've been um, in training again for about going on 12 years now. Um, my method of animal training has always been positive and voluntary. Um, it's so important to me that uh, in a training setting, and especially in a session, that it's fun for the pets, but also as well for the parents. I think
0: you talked about earlier about proper socialization, reinforcing manners in public, living comfortably in an urban environment. Why is it, tell us why that's important.
1: Yeah, that's extremely important, especially um, living here in the 19 Um There are so many different dogs, ages, breeds, and sizes. Um, proper socialization is so important for a puppy just to have that confidence um, living in areas where we have trains and planes and automobiles.
0: So we are in an urban area, as you know, and I know that you focus with your dog clients in a lot of uh, urban areas like downtown San Diego, Point Loma, Coronado, the beach communities, where there's a lot of people, places, things, like you said, vehicles. What are some of the things that pet parents in urban environments need to worry about specifically with their dogs and also specifically when they're training their dogs?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of times when people get a new dog, um, the first thing I always say is, of course, build relationship with them, but um, not too long after that, really look into getting them some proper training. Um, A good trainer is going to reinforce not only manners, but also address socialization from a very early age. Now, um, a lot of people think when they hear the word socialization, it's just with dogs. But socialization is also getting them comfortable within their environment. Um, So making sure we're able to desensitize dogs um, as they go through different stages of their lives. And one stage in particular is called the fear stage that all dogs go through.
0: So what's this fear stage? Tell me a little bit about about that.
1: Yeah, so the fear stage is something that happens um, in all animals' lives. When you think about animals in the wild, fear is what keeps them alive. Um, Dogs go through these stages as well. Um, They can also be triggered by certain experiences. Um, For example, um, a backfire from the back of a car or maybe a car going by really quickly. Um, So being able to counter condition, in a sense, reinforcing those dogs when those scary things happen, with something really high value and special, maybe even like a piece of bacon.
0: Generally, what point
1: of a dog's life is the fear stage going to be? No, for sure. Good question. So the fear stage typically can happen as early as nine weeks all the way up to a year. So so this is something that's really important for puppy training. Absolutely. Well, what about for
0: for those of us who rescue dogs, who might have adopted a dog after he or she's a little bit older, maybe geriatric. If
1: we've passed the fear stage in that dog, is it too late? It is never too late. Um, There's an old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I could say that's certainly not the case, being that my one of my latest dogs that I'm working with, he's 15 years old, and he does have a lot of fears. One of his fears in particular, is fearful of men. Um, I am a man, so I'm definitely using myself as a tool to help counter condition um, some of those fears. So it's never too late, um, and training is never too late as all. And When you think about um, doggy daycares, taking them out um, socially in public is going to be good for any dog.
0: Do you think that training is really important for dogs in an urban environment?
1: Yeah, training is so important for dogs in urban environments just because the idea of safety. Um, we have cars going by. Um, we have planes going by and trains going by. So we need to be able to know that we can trust our dogs to be well-behaved when we're crossing those streets.
0: That's You bring up a good point there. So, you know, we, there are a lot of busy intersections downtown. Is there a behavior or command that you recommend when we're out walking our dogs and we get to one of those busy intersections?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, One behavior that i reinforce more than any other is reinforcing wait. Um, Wait is a command that reinforces pause at a threshold, whether it might be the door to your condo or also the street corner as well. Um, Wait reinforces that your dog is ideally in a sit position, so you want to make sure that behavior is rock solid, and having them wait until you're given the cue or you give them the cue of, okay, it's all right to cross the street now.
0: Okay, so walk me through that. I'm out on a walk with my dog on a leash. We approach a busy intersection. We don't have the walk signal yet. So we get to the end of the sidewalk.
1: What do I do next? Yeah, so for me, just like when you teach children to stop, look, and listen, I kind of uh, reinforce that same behavior with my dog, Sakai. Um, I ask him to sit. I ask him to wait. Once I get that eye contact or that idea of he's pausing, I'll maybe reinforce him if I have kibble. Then I wait until the light is green, and then I give him the verbal cue of okay, and then it's all right for us to cross the street. That's his cue. Okay.
0: And that's reinforces the safety so we're not running into traffic.
1: Yeah, it reinforces, in a sense, your dog is asking, may I cross the street now, in opposed to just darting off into traffic.
0: Now, you mentioned something interesting about the treats. So mm-hmm. while we're going through the training process, maybe before the dog has fully got it, is it all
1: right to bribe them or reward them with a treat during something like that? Bribing, yeah. No, when it comes to positive reinforcement, when you think about what is reinforcement, it's a reward. Um, What's more reinforcing to a dog other than a treat, you know? Um, When you think about um, taking a dog in an urban setting, there's so many things that are out there that a dog might see as reinforcing, like a pigeon or even a person. Um, So we need to be able to compete with those elements um and you know some dogs aren't really motivated by treats but certainly having something in your pocket to capture and reward the behavior that you want to see okay so speaking of being downtown
0: on the fun side of things you know in little italy there are numerous bars restaurants tasting rooms and stores that welcome dogs in how as pet parents do we teach our dogs to be good canine citizens when we're at one of these public places like a bar or restaurant with our dogs
1: Yeah, really good question there. Um, I've always said San Diego is a great place to be a pet parent, but even more importantly, I feel like it's great to be a dog. Um, Having manners in um, a public place like a restaurant or a bar bar is so crucial. Again, going back to safety, but also you want to be that person that has that well-behaved dog. Um, At restaurants in particular, um, there's many that are dog-friendly. The ideal etiquette for a dog at a restaurant is on-leash, in a down position at your side or underneath the table. Um, the reason why I say that is, if you think about the dog is in a down position, typically their eyes and their mouth isn't sitting at table level. Um, but also, too, it's going to give them a safe place to feel comfortable while they're there at the restaurant.
0: Probably also a lot of stimulation in some of these restaurants. What's the the right answer on whether or not it's okay to give my dog a meatball from the table? Is that a good idea or is that frowned upon?
1: Now, from a trainer's perspective, I would probably say that might be frowned upon um, because, of course, we don't want to reinforce behaviors we don't want to see at home. Um, so when you think about if you offer your dog that meatball at the dinner table, we're reinforcing or we're telling him, that, hey, listen, at the dinner table is where you get those high-value reinforcements. Um, so if you do go to a restaurant, I'd say pack a little bag of doggy treats or maybe some of his kibble so he can get reinforced while you're getting reinforced with that meatball and wine. So it sounds like we want to make sure that the dog is
0: on his or her best behavior when we're out at a public place like that, to reinforce behavior that supports that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, my grandmother always said manners matter, and it certainly uh, counts with dogs as well.
0: Well, what about when we're in a different area of downtown, like one of the dog parks? So, you know, we're probably going to get there walking and the dog is going to be on the leash and following the commands. We approach the dog park, he or she sees his friends, it's time to run around and play. How do we turn off the dog training at that point
1: and then turn it on when it's time
0: to go back home?
1: Yeah, so um, for me, when it, of course, when it goes to the dog park, that's probably one of the highest, most, uh, highest reinforcing places a dog can be, being the fact that all of his friends are there. Um, I do really communicate with my dog before going into the dog park. Of course, we are going to get there eventually, but there's a certain level of behavior that I want before we get there. Um, just because when you think about it, between myself and that dog park, there might be a street. Um, so granted, he's excited to go to the dog park, um, I want to reinforce calm behavior um, until we get there. And that if you do that consistently, your dog will know that calm behavior is what gets him his friends and what gets him the dog park. And how important is that consistency? Consistency is everything. Um, dog training is all about um, muscle memory. It's all about building confidence. Um, it's very comparable to working out at the gym. Um, I can work out work out at the gym once a week, but if I don't follow a regimen throughout the week, um, what I'm doing for that one hour is pointless. So definitely consistency is key.
0: What about the other side of the equation? Are there places, downtown or in urban environments, that you just don't recommend dogs go, either for safety or just not a good fit? Can
1: you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, uh, places you want to kind of steer away from, um, of course, be very vigilant with um, signs that are posted throughout areas um, that maybe are not dog-friendly or dogs are not permitted. Um, specifically, county and city buildings will actually have very specific signs um, that are posted, and i probably stay away from those for safety, but also, too, you want it to be a good experience for you and your dog. And it's important to respect places that just can't be dog-friendly for various reasons yeah this is very true you always want to make sure that you're being really respectful to those places that might not be as dog friendly as Little Italy. do you have any specific
0: equipment recommendations for dogs that live their lives in an urban environment
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So obviously in an urban environment, you want to make sure your dog is physically controlled, and that really goes to reinforcing what a proper leash looks like. Um, There are uh, many leashes out there, many different options. One leash in particular I would steer away from for safety reasons is a retractable leash, Um, being that there's so many ways the dogs can get possibly tangled. Um, I've even heard of stories of people dropping their leashes on accident and retractable leashes. They're designed to retract, and that could potentially scare your puppy off into the street.
0: So a retractable leash is one of those leashes that has the springy cord and that will go back into the handle?
1: Yeah, it's one of those springy cords um, that you can lock them in certain certain lengths. Um, But again, there are so many um, possibilities for a slip um, that could be potentially dangerous or even fatal for a dog if used incorrectly.
0: So you think a static leash that doesn't have a lot of play is preferred? Yeah,
1: I, ideally you want to say no more than six feet. Because um, when you think about when you're walking down Katner or you're down walking down Broadway, um, think about all the things that are just within six feet from behind you and in front of you. Um, there's dangers that are two feet away. So I want to be able to know that I can control my dog reliably and redirect him if I need to.
0: Interesting, that six foot rule is, is a very interesting thing to keep in mind. Any other equipment? Maybe tags or microchips? Yeah, for sure. I
1: think um, as a responsible pet owner, it's important to have some form of ID on your animal or your dog at all time, Um, whether it's um, an ID um, that has your name, your phone number, your email. Um, Or one thing I also really recommend is having your dog microchipped. Um, And that number that's going to be in that chip is going to be linked to you forever.
0: So in case if the dog were to get lost or uh, uh, become misplaced from you, someone will be able to scan that microchip and find, find the owner.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, when you think about we talked about earlier about the idea of fear, um, certain sounds can potentially trigger a dog's fear out on the walk. Um, think about if a car backfired. That's enough to scare a human. Um, think about what that can do to a dog. If that dog were to ever be uh, disconnected from you in an urban environment, um, by having those identification pieces on your dog, more likely you get them back a lot sooner.
0: That's very interesting, and it's really great to hear a lot of these things for dogs and for pet parents that are specific to our environments, because that's where we are here in downtown San Diego. Darius, it's been great speaking with you today. Everyone again, Darius Cooper, dog trainer and animal behaviorist. He is the founder of the Positive Network. Visit the Facebook site, facebook.com slash positive D, D as in dog. And a lot of great information available from from the Positive Network and then Darius' training. Thanks again for listening to the Harry and Mary podcast. Please make sure to visit us when you're downtown. We're at 2400 Kettner Boulevard, Studio 105 in Little Italy. Visit us on our website at www.harryandmary.com or check us out on Instagram at at HarryandMary. This is Chris. Have a great day.